You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and you know what? It's been about 11 months since my last podcast. I know everybody's been dying to hear from me, so I am back, and what brought me back? Of course, it was the NBA Finals. The same thing that I pretty much ended off on last year, and that was, of course, Kevin Durant signing with the Golden State Warriors. Well, we're all super surprised. Here we are 11 months later, and the Warriors are NBA champions. Is anyone surprised? I'm certainly not. That's what I want to talk about today. And, you know, here's the thing. There's there's several things on my mind for this podcast. One is, of course, the Warriors and the lopsided competition in the NBA. Another thing is LeBron James and his greatness and where it really stacks up against the other greats of all time, and even against the current guys in the league. Again, of course, we've had the topic resurface. How good are these Warriors versus the 95-96 Bulls? Of course, last year everybody thought they were better, and then they went and lost the championship, and so, of course, they couldn't possibly be better even though they won 73 games. Anyway, the list goes on and on. So I want to start with this. I love the NBA. I absolutely love it. Like, whatever season it is, that's what my favorite sport is. So right now it's basketball, but uh, in two months it's definitely going to be football, and it'll remain football until about January. And then in January, my favorite sport becomes basketball again, or yeah, probably February, my favorite sport becomes ba- basketball again. So I love the NBA. I love LeBron James. I love everything he's done for the league. He's made the league entertaining. He's made uh, you know sports commentary entertaining. I mean, every day we're fighting about you know how great he is. He is great. So I'm, I'm going to put it pretty simply here, my take on LeBron James. Pure talent only. Like, if we're going off of just talent and skill only, he's probably the most skilled basketball player that the world has ever seen, okay? Better than Michael Jordan. Now, stop for a minute, okay? Let me finish the statement here. Yes, he's probably more all-around skilled than Michael Jordan. Well, guess what? I have better form at shooting than Lonzo Ball. But Lonzo Ball is going to be the number two pick in the NBA draft. He's going to make millions. He's going to be in the NBA for years. He'll probably be an all-star. So he's still a better basketball player than me. Even though I have better form, he's still a better shooter than me. So just because someone is more skilled or more athletic, that does not mean they are better. Okay? Look at Tom Brady. The guy is barely more athletic than I am probably, but he's the greatest football player to ever play the game. Okay? Maybe some would argue for Jerry Rice, but the bottom line is it's not skill alone that makes somebody a great player. It's heart. It's that killer instinct. It's the desire to win. It's the ability to win, to overcome adversity, and that's the knock on LeBron James. I personally am convinced that he is scared to death to go to the line late in the game. Let me give you a couple examples. Last year, Game 7, It's towards the end of the game. I don't remember exactly how much time was left, but it was like less than two minutes, okay? He's on a a fast break, gets fouled. He does fall pretty hard, falls on his wrist. And, I mean, the guy's Iron Man. He's never been injured in his entire career. And it was not like a a crazy hard foul or a crazy hard tumble to the floor. It It was relatively standard for like a fast break foul. Well, I immediately turned to my brother, who I was watching the game with in Panama, by the way, I immediately turn to my brother and I say, you watch, he's going to pretend like he got hurt and he's going to make sure all of us can see that he's in pain, 
He's going to make sure everybody watching can see that he's in pain so that he has an excuse to go miss a free throw in this critical, critical game series clinching moment. He wants that excuse to miss a free throw. And when he does, he's going to show us again that he's hurt. And like clockwork, the guy misses the free throw and starts flexing his wrist like, oh my gosh, my wrist hurts so bad, makes the second one and we go on with the game. He, of course, had that tremendous come, you know, chase down block. He's the, probably the best the league's ever seen at that. But I'm telling you, he's scared to death of the free throw line. And that's why he doesn't attack at the end of games. That's why he doesn't have the killer instinct. That's why the Cavs and the Heat, you know, for that matter, lose finals. If LeBron James, you look at what LeBron James did at the end of this game today, they're they're up, or they're, excuse me, they're down 16, 14, 12. The game was relatively out of reach, and all of a sudden his fear goes away, and he just attacks, 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 attacks. I also do think he cares a little too much about what all of us think. Uh, he pretends like he does, and he pretends like he doesn't listen to the media, but he's not fooling anybody. He clearly listens. He clearly cares. And... He, he he does not want to hear any more about how he didn't attack enough like we told him in game three. So he attacks, 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 but he only does it when there's really nothing nothing to lose, right? Same thing with if you go to the uh, that, that infamous game six of the finals, what was it, 2013? Yeah, the, two, or the, 20, yeah, the 2013 finals where um, Ray Allen hit the corner three to send the game to overtime and and the Heat ended up winning Game 6 and then won Game 7 as well to beat the Spurs in seven games. If you look at that finals, or that game, LeBron clanked a very critical three. And then they were when they were down and the game looked like it was out of reach, he hit a three. Again, there's nothing to lose on those shots. There's nothing to lose. Like, there's zero pressure. But when the game is truly on the line, the reason LeBron James, in my opinion, and in really any true basketball mind cannot why he cannot be the greatest is because he doesn't have that killer instinct there is no sport no team sport where one guy can make a difference more than in the sport of basketball and when your best player doesn't have the ability to consistently step up in big moments i'm sorry he can't be the greatest of all time how how could he possibly be the greatest of all time when quote you play to win the game Okay, we play to win the game, and LeBron James is three and five in the finals. He's three and five on the biggest stage. And the truth is, if Draymond Green had not gotten suspended for Game Five of the 2016 Finals last year, LeBron would be two and six. He absolutely would be two and six. And so you can't possibly be the best player of all time when you lack the ability to shine brightest when the spotlight's on you brightest and you know I've gotten in the argument with people before that if I'm being honest if I had a series for my life my life is on the line and I have to win a seven game series LeBron would be third at the very very best and that's being extremely generous because I just am spitballing this right now and I know for sure I'm putting ahead of him Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant of guys that are recent. And I could probably go on and name guys like Tim Duncan, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There's a lot of guys that I would turn to before LeBron James because in the biggest moments, I know they're going to they're gonna shine brightest. I mean, people can knock Kobe Bryant all they want. And you want to know the truth? I, I didn't like Kobe Bryant for most of his career. I didn't like him at all. I admittedly was a huge Jordan fan growing up. 
But Kobe Bryant was not my favorite guy. In fact, he was one of the guys I disliked the most a lot of the time. But when you look at his game, it's the closest to Michael Jordan we've ever seen because he just won. So I don't care if Kobe Bryant shot a slightly lower percentage than LeBron James. He won championships. He won five of them. And yes, he had Shaq for three of them. But LeBron James has had Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kevin Love, Ray Allen, Kyrie Irving. I mean, the guys had more help than anyone. I mean, he cannot, well, more help than anyone except Kevin Durant. He cannot complain about not having help. Michael Jordan, this is a stat that most people do not know. Michael Jordan, in his six championship years, not once did the Bulls have more than two All-Stars. Not one time did the Bulls have more than two All-Stars, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Nope, not Dennis Rodman. Nope, not John Paxson. Nope, not Steve Kerr. Nope, not Tony Kukoc. No one, not Horace Grant. No one else was an All-Star in those six championship years except Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. So no one has had more help than LeBron James. He's had three All-Stars with him, or two, two with him, so three total on the team, for pretty much every year for the last seven years. I think there was one year where Kyrie didn't make it, his, LeBron's first year back with the Cavs. But, I mean, he's had plenty of help, and so he can't be the best. I'm sorry, he just absolutely cannot be the greatest of all time. So let's just appreciate him for what he is. He's an extremely talented, extremely smart and intelligent and skilled basketball player. He's probably the greatest athlete on planet Earth right now and has been for close to a decade. So let's just love him and appreciate him for what he is and stop putting all of this pressure on him to be better than Michael Jordan when he's just not, and that's okay. That's okay. He He's arguably not even the greatest right now. To me, he definitely is, but there are those that will say Kevin Durant is. There are those that will say Kawhi Leonard is. There are those who really don't know what they're talking about who will say that James Harden or Russell Westbrook are. But regardless, we know LeBron is among the top two or three, and in my opinion, he's clearly the best player in the game right now. But Kevin Durant is not far behind him, and Kawhi Leonard is not far behind that. So he's an all-around stud. He He's a phenomenal player, but he just can't be the greatest of all time. Not only that, but defensively, he's really, really good, right? Like, really good. But Jordan was a nine-time all-defensive first-team member, all-NBA first-team defense, however you phrase that thing. I can never get it right, but you get the idea. The all-defensive team, the first one, the best one, Jordan was on it nine times. Nine times. LeBron's been on it four, and their careers are the same length so far, 14 years. So LeBron just, he just can't be the greatest of all time. He he just isn't. His stats are not quite there. His field goal percentage, that's something I argue with a friend about a lot. He just wants to pretend that LeBron's a better shooter than than Jordan. But their field goal percentages are identical, 50% for their careers. And if you take out Jordan's two bogus years when he was 40 years old playing for the Wizards, yes, he was actually 40 years old in the NBA, having been retired for like four or five years at that point. If you take those two years out, Jordan's actually a half a percent ahead of LeBron in field goal percentage. So if LeBron's still playing when he's 40 and he's still shooting 50% from the field, then kudos to him. But there, there's just nothing you can say that, that reason and facts don't quickly shoot down with regards, with regards to LeBron James being the greatest of all time. I will, admi- I will agree he's the, the most all-around skilled basketball player 
ever, maybe. I mean, he's he's definitely up there in the top two or three. But all around greats, to me, you know, I'd, I'd put Magic Johnson ahead of him still. I'd put Michael Jordan ahead of him still. You could very, very well make a case for Tim Duncan ahead of him. Shaquille O'Neal, although Shaq had some major flaws at the free throw line, but LeBron's on a whole lot better. I mean, he's a stud, but let's just stop it with the nonsense because it's going to be very obvious when there's a better player than Michael Jordan out there. We're not going to have to sit here and find reasons why somehow, some way, this guy's better when he's obviously not. Nobody was doubting that Michael Jordan was the greatest of all time when he was in his heyday. The players all knew it. The commentators all knew it. All of the quote-unquote experts knew it. And we all knew it watching as fans. And so I think when the greatest comes along, and I I do think there will be a time when Michael Jordan is dethroned. I hope there is because I want to witness that. I want to witness that type of greatness again. But I've been a fan and a follower of the NBA literally for 30 years now. Well, probably 25 25 years now. And I'm telling you, there, there just hasn't been a talent and a killer like Michael Jordan. There just hasn't, and I I hope to see that again. Kobe Bryant's the closest we've seen, but he wasn't quite there, and LeBron is is skilled, but not quite there. So let, let's now get into to free agency. I think I've beat that horse to death. And so free agency. Here's the problem with the NBA. Did anyone even somewhat wonder who was going to be in the finals a year ago for for this year? The second that Kevin Durant, even without Kevin Durant, I mean, it was fairly certain we were going to likely see the Warriors and Cavs again. But the second that Durant left Oklahoma City, the team that was up 3-1 on the Warriors last year in the Western Conference Finals, the second that he left that team that was really the only team challenging the Warriors and went and joined the Warriors, I mean, come on. It was a foregone conclusion Barring broken legs to star players, we were going to see Warriors and Cavs Part 3 in the finals. And, of course, we did. I admittedly thought it was going to be a much closer series. In fact, I even said you know, a few different times that I thought the Cavs should be the favorites. I knew that they weren't and that they wouldn't be. But to me, their roster you know, just looked really, really good on paper. They just... They just don't, you know, they had guys that didn't perform and that, you know, they have guys that don't show up unless they're at home. J.R. Smith did play a great game five, but other than that, he he had, you know, the two home games where he was played well, but that was about it. Corver is, you know, he just didn't show up really at all. Darren Williams, you can see why he's had a hard time finding a home ever since he uh, left the Jazz. I mean, they just didn't, they, their guys just didn't step up. You know, you can't blame LeBron for, for the loss. I, I do think that when the best player and the reason you got to where you got, when that person and that thing disappears at the end of games, like he did in game three, I think that you can blame it on him because it's like, that's what got you there. And now all of a sudden it's just gone. Now all of a sudden it's standing six feet behind the three-point line watching Kyrie do his thing, hoping like crazy he'll make big shots like he did last year. So, I do think that some of it falls to LeBron. In fact, a lot of it as the leader and the best player. But but the, the fact of the matter is, getting back to the Warriors and, and the free agency, the NBA is too predictable. I love the NBA, and it's just too predictable. You know, I was just in a Twitter battle earlier uh, tonight with a guy who's saying, you know, I, I tweeted, you know, this can't possibly feel as good as winning it all when you don't have the most lopsided super team in the history of the league. And the guy writes back, lopsided, without KD, you know, the Cavs win. And I just simply replied, 
dot, 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 but they do have KD. It, that, that's the point. Like, the Warriors do have Kevin Durant. <laughs> of course it would be a different story without Kevin Durant. He's the second best player in the world alongside the arguably fourth and sixth and seventh best players in the world. I mean, he's, they have, if you take, they had four all-stars. The Warriors had four all-stars. I just got done telling you how Michael Jordan never had more than one all-star teammate. Kevin Durant had three, three others, four all-stars were from the same team. I mean, the NBA has got to do something about that. There's got to be some sort of change that gets made. The, the salary cap has to mean something or a percentage that a player can get or something has to change to try and drive the competitiveness back into the league because, I mean, maybe Clay Thompson leaves, right? Like maybe he's like, hey, you know what? I've got two rings. I know I could go average 30 a game for a playoff team somewhere else, maybe even win a league MVP, make an extra 10 million bucks. You know, maybe he leaves. I think there's a decent chance of that. I, I've, you know, I could see all these warriors though just swallowing their pride and their egos and taking less money and sticking together, which in a sense is really cool, right? It's like, hey, you know what? Like, look at these guys. Like, they're they're not just money hungry. Which, truth be told, I don't blame athletes for being money hungry at all. Like, they're they have the ability to make millions of dollars. I would do it too. So, but you know, but there is something kind of cool about a guy that'll take less to you know, for the team and, and to win. But on the flip side, it's like, yeah, but it's kind of boring for us as fans when we know if these Warriors stick together, like they're not losing. Again, barring a broken leg to a star player, these Warriors are not losing next year if they stick together. There's no way. Like maybe maybe the Cavs could add, you know, I hear this chatter about trading trading Kevin Love for Paul George. I mean, I, I guess that's not going to beat the Warriors though. There's no way that's beating the Warriors. It gets you a little bit closer. I mean, that's that's the argument, but you know, and then the, the Celtics might get Gordon Hayward and I mean, come on. Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward are going to beat the Warriors. Yeah, right. And that's coming from a diehard Jazz fan who loves Gordon Hayward. Like that's not happening. There's no team that's going to beat these Warriors unless LeBron and Chris Paul you know, go and join the Spurs or something. I could see, you know, if something crazy like that happens, then maybe. But even then, it's like, I mean, Kyrie's better than Chris Paul, especially when you take into account age. So I just don't know what, what guys can do. I mean, the, the Cavs are the closest team to beating the Warriors, and we just saw how close they really are. Not at all. They lost in five games, and they were blown out in all four of their losses. I mean, it's just it's just not, I mean, tonight wasn't a blowout, but, it, you know, they lost by nine, and, but it was it was more than it was like 14 16 you know with just a few minutes to go it was it was a good close game but in the end it was i mean the warriors are just too much and so the league's got to do something about it you know i've had the idea of literally eliminating like the bottom 6 teams from the league just saying you're gone adios and that way you get rid of like the you know i don't know how many guys there are on each whether 15 guys on each squad i'm going to try and do some quick math i mean if you got say you did get rid of the 15 or the 6 6 worst teams you'd get rid of 90 players right if my math is correct 90 guys the the 90 worst guys in the league would be out of jobs which would suck for them but then all of a sudden you'd have a lot of these super teams because that's what the league clearly wants right we just want super teams we just want more warriors and calves out there and so you'd have more of those types of teams that would naturally you know get formed and equally have a chance to win but right now it's just kind of a joke because we just know exactly what's going to happen. And, 
you know, so anyway, so get back to this Twitter battle I had. This guy responds after I say, but they do have Durant. He says, what, you just want teams to not try and win? And I said, no, I definitely do. I just want the NBA to not be predictable a year in advance. Give me, give free agency a few weeks to play out and I'll let you know who the, who's in the 2018 finals. And I stand by that. Come middle of July, I'll gladly go on record and say, here's who's going to be in the finals next year. And I'd bet, I'd bet a hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever, whatever's a good amount that I would be right. Barring some major injury. That would be the thing you, you, you know, you never know when injuries are going to happen. You don't wish them on anybody and you, you hope that the stars can stay healthy because they're the ones that make the league fun. But that would be the only thing to derail these warriors. Once free agency happens, maybe we see something crazy happen, you know, and that, and that's why I say you got to wait till free agency happens and then we'll know what's going to happen next year. And so I just wish the league could do something to kind of change that a little bit. And what's funny is these super teams started, I look back at the 2008 season. That's when Kevin Garnett went to join uh, with Ray Allen, went to join Paul Pierce in Boston. That was like the the start of like the quote unquote big three and the super teams and all that, right? Right. And I know in the 80s, the Lakers and the Celtics were were doing their thing with, with super teams, but the league was totally different back then. And there were there were fewer teams, there were fewer athletes. There it was just it was just a different thing. Michael Jordan came on the scene, changed the league. All of a sudden, basketball became the popular sport. Kids wanted to play basketball. Obviously, since he left, now that's shifted and best athletes that are kids are probably playing football, but maybe with concussions and things like that, and LeBron James things shift back to basketball. I don't know. But anyway, the point is that. Super teams really started in 2008 with those Celtics, and it worked. They went from like dumpster fire garbage team that won like 17 games or something crazy like that. People with with bags over their heads in the stands, fans, you know, in Boston, like with bags over their heads, not wanting to watch the display that was in front of them, to the next year winning 60 something games and winning the NBA championship, and Kevin Garnett screaming, "Anything's possible." Yeah, anything's possible when you join the best players in the league and and you win games. And that was the thing with KD tonight. It's like, what's he going to say? He just joined a team that won 73 games last year. Like, what's he going to say that's so inspiring to us? Like, hey, kids, like, go join the best of the best, and you can also be good. Like, (laughs) what what are we supposed to learn from this? What's the takeaway? So the Celtics start it in 2008. Two years later, LeBron's like, I kind of like that. We're going to go do that in Miami. So 2010... He gets Chris Bosh, they go join D. Wade, and duh, like everybody knew what was going to happen down there. Well, actually, I thought they'd win four straight if they if he was only going to be there for four years. They did go to the finals four straight times, but only won two of them, which is a complete joke if you look at the roster they had, especially that first one against the Mavericks. But anyway, so LeBron, as like the clear leader in the NBA, the clear best player, the face of the NBA, once he did it, in my opinion, the floodgates just open for everybody to do it. It's like, you know what? I want a ring. I'm going to go do this young. And so KD, the second best player in the league, follows suit and even says LeBron James is the one who paved the way for guys like me to feel comfortable doing this, to go join quality, talented teams to win a championship. And so you could you could blame LeBron James for what's happening in the NBA right now with the, the lopsided competition the lack of parity that's why you got to love the nfl i mean the nfl is very unpredictable a lot of that has to do with the fact that the playoffs are just one game but instead of a seven game series because in a seven game series the best team's going to win it's really really hard to lose uh four out of three if you're clearly the better team right and so 
that, that that is one thing. But I just I just feel like the NBA needs to do something. And you know, a friend of mine said the other day, "What if they put all of the teams in the playoffs and like the first two or three rounds were one game, kind of like a March Madness style bracket?" Now that could be really interesting because you could see some upsets, you could see some some crazy stuff happen. And then once it got down to like, you know, the the semifinals or maybe the quarterfinals, you make it a five-game series, then a seven-game series in the conference finals, and then the finals of the seven-game series again. That could be really interesting because you could see some some top teams get knocked off and it could, you know, it could add some some parity and some variety and just some spice to the to the playoffs. So I don't know what the solution is, but I do feel like the NBA needs to fix it and they need to fix it quickly because these ratings are horrendous. The The Michael Jordan series, the six finals that Jordan was in, especially the last two versus the Jazz, are far and away the highest rated uh, NBA finals that the league has ever seen. Last year's NBA finals, 2016, seven-game series, epic battle between LeBron James and the 73-win Warriors, they were literally like half of what the 98 finals with Jordan versus the Jazz was. Think about that. That's how disinterested in the NBA people have become. The best player in the world, the guy that people want to coronate as the as the greatest of all time, when he's obviously not, they want him to be, be that. They want this 73-win Warriors team to be the greatest of all time. And the country's like, meh, not going to watch it, don't really care. Jordan and the Jazz, millions, tens of millions. Everyone's watching, hundreds of millions, whatever the number is. It's It's a lot. So let's use that real quick as a segue. These Warriors versus those Bulls. Who wins? I put it up on Twitter. Had not very many people vote, like 89 people to be exact. Not like 89. Exactly 89 people voted. And it was 52. No, it was 50. I better just look real quick because I don't want to quote it wrong. Let's look it up here. Sorry, I'm pulling up my Twitter as we speak. Yeah, 89 people voted. 58% said that the 96 Bulls would win. And 42% said that these Warriors would win. The matchups are actually more interesting than people think. So here's the starting lineups. Ron Harper versus Steph Curry. Steph Curry has the edge, duh. But Ron Harper was a phenomenal defender. He was also, I believe, 6'7". So he's much, and he had really long arms. I don't know what his wingspan was, but I would guess that it was like closer to 6'10, 6'11, because he had really long arms at 6'7. So he would definitely give Curry more problems and more trouble than anyone was on the Cavs. I can promise you that. Then you have Michael Jordan versus Clay Thompson. Good matchup, but obviously Jordan's going to win that on both ends of the floor. He's a better defender, even though Clay is a phenomenal defender, and he's better offensively, even though Clay's really good offensively. So that. Even though Clay's a stud, that's really not a matchup. Jordan's going to Jordan's going to crush him. Then you have Pippen and KD. I give KD the edge, but again, I don't think anyone on this Cavs team gave trouble to KD the way that Pippen could. Cuz Pippen was Pippen's best, you know, skill as a basketball player was on the defensive end. He was kind of their guy defensively. So, Pippen was also a guy 6-7 Super long arms, really active hands. He could give KD some trouble. I don't think KD's dropping 35 a game on on Scottie Pippen. Then you get to Dennis Rodman and Draymond Green. I give the edge to Dennis Rodman. Draymond Green is clearly better offensively. But defensively, rebounding, 
the head games, Dennis Rodman is going to eat Draymond Green alive. I mean, it's not, I mean, he'll probably get Draymond Green ejected. He'll be in his head so hard. Then you go to Luke Longley and Zaza Pachulia, and neither of those guys is all that great, but Luke Longley it was definitely the better of the two. Get to the coaches, Phil Jackson versus Steve Kerr. If I'm being honest, I don't know if, what Steve Kerr really does. Uh, he can disappear for months on end, and they win just as much without him as they do with him. So I would give the edge to Phil Jackson there. Then you go to the bench, and I just posted you know, the, the top bench guys. Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, Bill Wennington for the Bulls, and then Andre Iguodala, uh, Sean Livingston, and David West for the Warriors. And I think that's pretty even. Tony Kukoc was really, really good. Kerr was a, a spot-up you know, shooter, could, and Wennington was really just a big body to come in. I'd give West the, the edge over Wennington, but the, the, the bench gets pretty even. And so the X factor to me it comes down to Michael Jordan. I'm not betting against Michael Jordan. I'm just not going to do it. So my money would be on the Bulls, and I think they'd probably win in quicker than people think. I think it could. I think it could even potentially be a five-game series, probably six or seven. But I don't even think it matters what era you play the game in, which is what everyone wants to argue, right? Well, well, is it in the hand-checking era or is it in this three-point era? I don't think it really matters. I think the Bulls win, and here's why: if it's in the hand-check era, then I don't think it's even a, a question that the Bulls win in about five games because. They're going to be able to to guard these guys in a way that they've never been defended before. And all of the Bulls are already used to being defended that way. Jordan dropped 30, 35 a game with all of that defense, cued on him, hand-checking him, fouling him hard. And if you put him in this era where he's not facing that type of defense, then, I mean, the guy's going to live at the foul line. He's going to score 45 a game like he did against the Suns in the 92 fi- or the 93 finals. So I just don't think that it matters which era you play in because I think the Bulls, having played in the tougher era defensively, to me it's like no question that they're going to have the advantage because they've already played in that tough era. The three-point shot is a factor for sure, but it's not as big of a factor as people think. The Warriors average about 14 or 13 threes per game, and I think the Bulls average six or seven. And it's not like they're averaging... That, that You can't look at that and say, well, that's 21 points because it's not 21 points. It's like one point. It's seven points because it's pretty much one point extra per per bucket is all. Because it's not like they're making seven more shots. They're making seven more threes. The Bulls would make, you know, those threes would have been twos. So you'd probably have a seven-point swing there, and that does obviously make a difference to have six or seven extra points per game. But I still think defensively the Bulls definitely have the edge and then I think Michael Jordan is the X factor that that trumps the three point shot. Um, and when people said he couldn't shoot the three, what did he do? He went out and hit seven threes in the NBA Finals against the Blazers. Six in the first half, gave us the shrug and just basically said, "Hey guys, shut up! If I want to shoot threes, I'll shoot threes." So, I mean, to me, like these Warriors are phenomenal. They're definitely the most stacked team the league has ever seen. There's there's not even a question about that. But I don't know that they could beat those Bulls. It would be fun to watch, though. It'd be a really, really good series. If it was played in this era, I think you'd probably see it go seven. If it was played in the Bulls era, I think it would go five. That's my final answer on that. So that's my rant for tonight. I love the NBA. I love LeBron James. I want LeBron to go and win more championships and be the man. But I just want to, more than that, I just want to see parity in the league. I just want to be entertained for as long as possible. I wish like crazy we had a game six and a game seven ahead of us. I wish the game right now was in triple overtime. I wish I like didn't go to bed tonight because I just kept watching 
these phenomenal athletes go head to head. That's so fun for me to watch them. I, I love the NBA, and that's why I want to try and be a voice <laughs> with however many people are listening. I would love the league to do something to bring back the parity. I would love to get the players to see like competition is awesome. That championship couldn't possibly have felt as good for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green as their first one did. I just don't think it did. I don't think Steph Curry liked watching Kevin Durant get the MVP trophy. I don't think he liked hearing all the Kevin Durant talk. I don't think he liked hearing, you know, like he's going to hear tomorrow and for the next week, how they were the best team in the league and they added the second best player. So, of course, they're going to win the championship. I don't think Kevin Durant likes it. I don't think Kevin Durant, if he had won last year in Oklahoma City, are you kidding me? That would have meant so much more to him to have beaten the Warriors that he was up three games to one on and then to have beaten LeBron James with that team in Oklahoma City. That would have meant way more. Just like LeBron James's championship with Cleveland last year clearly meant more to him than the ones he got in Miami did. Even though he technically joined a super team in Miami and then jumped ship when he saw that that one was kind of going downhill a little bit, he jumped ship on that one and went and joined the super young Kyrie Irving and at the time, Andrew Wiggins, who he knew he was going to get Kevin Love for, he kind of orchestrated that in advance. And he joined another super team. That's, I mean, he's he, he's the king of it. He's the king of, I need two all-stars alongside of me, and I'd prefer they be young because, you know, Dwayne Wade's fading. That's what happened in Miami. Anyway, I hate doing this because it sounds like I'm hating on LeBron, and I'm really not. I, I'm, I'm really, really not. I think what bothers me is when so many people, like, I cheer for the guy. I sat there and cheered for him all night tonight. All, the, the whole series, I was vocally, loudly cheering for LeBron James. And I think what, what bothers me is when, because I'm, I'm, I'm a lover of the game first. My first love is the sport of basketball, the game of basketball. Before any player, before any team, I choose the game itself. And so I want, I want to keep it real. You know, I want people to, to respect the game and appreciate the game the right way. And I just feel like a big part of that is just, having your facts straight and so and having good competition. And so that's kind of where where I want to leave off leave off today is uh first of all I love all of you. Anyone who's listened this far, I love you. I'm sorry I didn't do a podcast for the last like 10 or 11 months. I'll try and do more. I've been busy with work and stuff, but I love sports. They're my they're my first love and uh hopefully one day we can make this this something big, but um for now it'll have to just be a fun hobby, but uh, if you've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, you've got social media, I would love it if you do some like retweets or post this or you know just kind of do something to help spread the word. You guys are awesome. Ball is life. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are